Brent, can you grab the notes that are out there and see if there's anybody that needs any? Miss Melinda needs a copy. If anybody else needs a copy, as Brent comes around here in a moment, um, he doesn't have frozen love tonight, but he'll have the he'll have the uh, the, the outline. We got just a little bit that we're going to finish up from last week, and then we'll get right into to uh, and what this came from. That last week and this week, what this really came from was a message that I'd preached in the past about about how do we prepare, how do we. You know, what do we do while we wait? We're, we're, we're talking and we're, we're in the theme. We're in the theme of the, the Lord is coming back. We know that. That's the next thing in history. Biblically speaking, that's the next thing is the Lord can come back. Not the second coming of the Lord, but the rapture of the saints. So the rest of the world's not going to hear it. They're not going to know what's going on. They're not going to, only we will hear. When the Lord gives that shout and the trumpet blows and, and there's that shout, we are going to hear it as believers. The rest of the world's going to wonder, what in the world? Where did Linda go? They're going to, you know, and, and some of us, you know, if we stay home a lot, it might be a few days before they miss us. Others, it's going to be like, you're going to be going down I-4 and all of a sudden, imagine now, imagine the disaster that that is going to be. When, when the, the saints are taken out of here and pilots disappear. Scott, if you flying, I hope you, you're going to disappear, ain't you? All right, just making sure. So, so if you're, if you, you know, or, or train conductor. Or, or you, I mean, the interstates. What's going to happen on the interstates when all these cars are all of a sudden there's no driver and they're, I mean, it's going to be a mess. And then they're going to be trying to, it'll take them forever to figure out what, in, what happened. And I shared this before. There'll be, there'll be all the excuses, the aliens or the, the virus, this new virus, uh, this mental illness that Christians, because they're going to figure out, it won't take them long to figure out it was Christians that disappeared. This lost world's going to be in a, in a pickle to figure out, but there's going to be a lot of them that have heard and they know what has happened. They're going to know what has happened. It, it, it won't take long for them to figure it out. Um, so anyway, while we wait, while we're waiting for that, what do we do? So I'm going to finish up on page, uh, well, y'all didn't even have this in your notes, but we were looking at, um, we're looking here in Luke 21. And we've gotten down to, to, to verse uh, 27, and we're just kind of working through these signs. And we're, we're looking at this from a you know, 30,000 foot at this point. We're going to go a little deeper on some things in the weeks to come, and I'll share that with you later in the, in the service tonight. Verse 27 says, then they, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, this is speaking here of the second coming. This is when the Lord's coming back, and, and, and He's coming back on the cloud. We talked about this Sunday, when after, at the ascension, the Lord ascended. He went back into heaven on a cloud, and in like manner, in the same manner, this same man, this same Jesus, who you see, have sent, watched leave, and He left on a cloud, He's coming back on a cloud. And it's the same Jesus, the same Jesus that went up... With the flesh, the body of flesh, the resurrected body of flesh with the holes in his hands and in his side and in his feet. That Jesus is coming back. He's coming back and we're going to come with him. We're coming with him. And it says here, it says, then they, it didn't say then, then we, then you. He didn't tell them. He said, then they, it's those that are here at that time, those who, the, those who were not raptured out. Hopefully, a lot of those that see him at that point will be saved. They will have come to faith in Christ. But then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, these, uh, now, now, 
when these things begin to happen again. This is, when we read chapter 21 here, it's the book of the signs. They're asking, Lord, how do we know? What will be the sign? Well, he's telling them, and, and, and he's telling us today what to look for. And he says, now again, in verse 28, now when these things begin to happen, a lot of this stuff that we've read, the, the worst part of it is going to be after we're raptured out of here in the tribulation and the great tribulation. We talked about some of this was written to us. Some of this is written to the Jews only. So here, when he says, when, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. That's an that's a, a, a exhortation to us. As we see these things, it's look up. I, I think there's a lot. You could take that and preach a message on that. Look up. Don't be down. I don't care what's going on in our life around us today. And, it's, and it's, if you watch the news and listen to what's going on, it, it's not hard to get discouraged and to get down. But we as believers should never get down. I don't care how bad it gets. We've got the Lord. Amen. Amen? Yep. He's with us. You know, and, 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 and we, we too often... Listen, if we lose everything, but we have salvation, we have everything. We get too caught up in the comforts and, you know, what I have. And, boy, if I lost that, well, I didn't have it before. What I got now, I didn't have before. So, man, if you, if you lose everything but you have Christ, then praise God, it's a great thing. But look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So, praise God. He's coming back, and we ought to be looking for it. We ought to be expecting it all the time, and we're going to talk about that. All right, so here's what we're going to look at tonight. And this is what you have in your notes. But w w So, we know the Lord's coming back. We know that He's coming back. He's coming back for us. So, what do we do? How do we prepare? What is it that we should be doing right now? And that's what we're going to talk about is how to prepare while we wait. There's several things that we do. And I want to equate it to kind of this with when you travel, when you take a trip, how do you prepare? Uh, I know Cliff and Jan are vacationing this week. So when y'all got the camper ready, you packed things into the camper. There's things you did at the house. There's things that you did in order to be ready to get away and all that. So that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to kind of equate it to you're going on a trip or something like that. All right. So first, number one thing there is when, when what do we do? How do we prepare? Well, number one is you got to make preparations. There are preparations that you prepare for. And, and when we're talking about the Lord coming back for us, there's some ways that we can prepare now for that day. I don't want to be unprepared for that day. And maybe we'll understand a little more about that as we go through this. But A, a letter A, the right priorities. you got to have the right priorities as you're making preparations. So if you're traveling, if you're going to do a trip, you're going to go somewhere. When we go out west, I, I'd love to drive, but I don't have enough time to drive out west. You know, you spend four days driving out west, and now you're already late getting back from vacation, right? So you, you don't even have time to do that. So you want to fly. So if you're going to do it, you got to have the right party. So if you're taking this trip, maybe you got to order tickets. you got to make reservations at the hotel. you got to get your car reservations, those kind of things. Um, have you ever noticed this? I, I, I notice I'm probably never more productive in my whole life than I am the week before vacation. Anybody notice that? You agree with that? I mean, Y'all agree with that? Because there's, you, you know what you got to get done, and a lot of times you got to get 
everything done for this week plus everything for next week and maybe jump ahead of the week when you're coming back so you're not that far behind. So we're super, super productive right before we go on vacation. There's a lot to do and there's things to do. Here's how we make preparations to having the right priorities. The right priorities for us as believers is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. Everything in our life ought to be about that. You know, we're not, we're not carrying stuff with us, folks. Our bank account ain't going to matter in glory. We get so caught up in, in these things of the world, we don't seek first, oftentimes, the kingdom of God. And if we seek first the kingdom of God, we preached about this a few weeks ago, the Lord will provide for our needs. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. He'll take care that you're clothed. He'll take care that you have food. He'll take care that you have the things that you need. So seek first the kingdom of God. Now, that would be, I would say it in here, because, I mean, I don't ever assume. I get 10 people together. I don't assume that they're all believers. Uh, the first priority of this in making your reservations and priorities is salvation. Now, if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God, then the first thing would be to seek the kingdom of God through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not there, that, it, death ought to scare the heck out of you. Preacher, you shouldn't say heck up there. Well, I wanted to say something else. But I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, death ought to scare you. Because you're one heartbeat from hell for all of eternity. Boy, that's not popular preaching today, preacher. You're right, it's not. And that's to our shame in this country that we don't speak truth anymore. We, we love people by watering down the truth. Well, you don't love them. See somebody driving the wrong way on the interstate. I don't want to say anything. They might get offended. <laughs> So get offended. I'm going to speak truth. One heartbeat from hell. So salvation. But then having the right relationship. So that's folks, that's us, believers. If you, if you have a personal relationship with God, you need to make sure you're in right relationship with Him. Not justifying your sin. Not, not just doing whatever you want to do and wanting God to sign off on it and approve it. And that's where we're at in, in America today too. In American Christianity. Well, you know, the Lord wants me to be happy. Sorry. Wrong answer. The Lord wants you to be holy. Now, when we live holy, the, the joy and the happiness the Lord will bring through that is incredible. But he's, not, he's not wanting us to be happy and just do what we want to do. No. So got to be in the right relationship. Those are the right priorities. Don't delay. B is don't delay. Amen. That's what, that's what I'm hearing back there. Don't delay in preparing. All right. So you, you got to have a passport, okay? So if you're going to travel and you got to go out of the country, you got to make sure you got a passport. And if you wait on getting your passport, you might be sitting at home when the plane's leaving. You got to get that ahead of time. So you got to make sure. Don't delay in these things. Um, so here's the deal, man. You, you, know it's, you know it's coming. You know we're, we're leaving here. Does anybody have this in their family? It's time to leave and everybody in the house wants to go to the bathroom. Um, or better, how about, it's, oh, it's time to leave? Well, let me go get dressed. We, we leave the house at 7.20. Every Sunday morning, 7.20, we leave my house. 
Don't wait till 7.20 to go to the bathroom. Don't wait till 7.20 to get ready. Um, and if you know we're going out to eat tonight, why wait till I say, hey, let's go to get ready to go? So look, it, 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 can you tell it's a little pet peeve of mine? <laughs> nah. So we got to be ready. You got to be ready. You don't wait till the time hits to get ready. You need to always be ready. So don't delay in preparing. So, you know, the story of the ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. The foolish ones got left out. They got left behind. They were not ready. They weren't paying attention. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't tend to business. We need to be wise. Matthew 25, 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know. We know He's coming. So when we watch, that watch is, it's, it's, that, it's, it, it's that waiting. You know, I've talked about you're waiting. You're waiting. But it's not just sitting and watching TV. That waiting is active. It's like, man, it's when you know company's coming, but you don't know what time they're getting there. And you're watching. What do you do? You're watching. You're watching. You're, you're, you're looking out the window. You know, now you can track them on the phone or whatever and you can see where they're at. Oh, why are you always looking where I'm at? Because um, I care. I want to know where you're at. So uh, we don't know when the Lord's coming back. So we need to be ready all the time. But we do know He is coming back. John 14, 1, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may, all, uh, may be also. We know he's coming back. We know he's coming back for us as believers and we're going to get to be with him. We need to be ready for that time. So letter C is we need to train for the trip. We need to train for the trip. So when, I'm going, when we were going to Utah, we knew that it was going to be hot and we knew we were going to do a lot of hiking so what I, the, the last few weeks before we went on that trip, I went out and I walked as much as I could through the neighborhood. Now, I know it ain't up and down. I know it ain't dry like it is out there, and it wasn't 120 degrees. But I got out and I walked as much as I could because so, I want to prepare myself for the hiking that we were going to do on the trip. So, so when you're when you, training for your trip, you know, you want to get in shape. You go, we're hiking. I might want to lose a little weight. I might want to do this. So you diet, you exercise, you might do some running. Here's some other things you might do if you're going to a country um, that doesn't speak English. You might want to learn a little bit of the language. I'm going to Tajikistan. They speak some Russian. So I wanted to, I don't remember now how to say it, but I can do it in Spanish. Donde, is, uh, donde esta el baño? I mean, if y'all know that one, y'all, y'all traveled somewhere that speaks Spanish then. Uh, Donde esta el baño? You want to know where the bathroom is. If there's nothing else that you know, you want to know that. So you want to learn a little bit of the language. You want to be, be able to say thank you, gracias. Uh, you want to say, you know, you're welcome, uh, 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 um, in, in In Russian, you know, it would be uh, spasiba, was thank you. I always thought it was a neat word. It's one of the few Russian words I still remember, but spasiba. Um, and I think in Tajik it was Rachmat. I think it was Rachmat. So it's, I love language. It's interesting. But you want to learn a little bit of the language. You want to train. You want to be, you want to be aware of the customs. Okay? So 2 Peter 3.18 says this, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So, you know, if we're going to go spend time with Jesus for all of eternity, wouldn't it be maybe novel to know Jesus? 
to know. Yeah, he's family. How about if you get in here and you go, well, how, do, how can I know more about Jesus? What can I know what he's like? How can I know what God's like? We know what he's like. We know his heart. We know his will. We know these things because he's given us his word. He's revealed himself to us. And so we ought to be in the word, growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, that knowledge is helpful for us because the more we learn about him, then it helps us in living out our life today. But also, it's going to help us. You ever met somebody and you go, boy, you're just not like what I expected. <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrible that you get to heaven, you just got in by the skin of your teeth, and you get up there and go, you know, Jesus, you're not anything like I expected. I mean, I, I thought you'd have hair down to here and tattoos and, you know, you, you'd be pierced up and uh, you spiked hair. I don't know what, I just didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what you, I didn't know. But you, if we get in the word of God, we can find out what Jesus is like. We can know his heart. Amen? So we want to grow. We want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we train. Second thing here is when you go on a trip, you promote the trip. We promote. So we're going to promote the trip. If we were going to Israel and at some point, hopefully all this crazy stuff about all these mandates dies down and we get back to living life and we can go and do trips to Israel again. And I want to lead a, a group from our church. We've done it once. I think we took seven from our church over there. But I want to take a group of you to Israel. I think if you can go, if a believer can go, it's like it's, it's as valuable as a year of seminary. It, it, it's incredible. So I want to I take you to Israel. I want you to do that. But here's what will happen. If you're going to Israel, you're going to tell everybody you know about it. Hey, I'm going to Israel. You want to go? You want to go? Well, I'm going to Israel in January. It's going to be a great trip. You to, and you, so you're going to be promoting it. You're going to be telling people about the trip. Uh, if you're doing a mission trip, you, know, you want to tell everybody because you're excited about it. Yeah, well, I was going to Tajikistan. I want to tell everybody. I want everybody. I was like, man, if you want to go, we'll work it out. We'll get you to go with us. So you promote that trip. You're going on vacation now. I don't promote that a lot. I I see people put on Facebook before they go on vacation, and I'm going, not home, not home, house unattended, rob me. Um, I don't do that, so I don't put that stuff afterwards. Hey, had a great trip three weeks ago or whatever. But um, you still want to promote that. You'd tell that around your friends and stuff you'd promote. So you're going to promote the trip. And so we ought to do that. We, you know, we invite others to go on trips with us and do those things. We ought to be inviting people to go to heaven with us. I mean, we're going to take the ultimate trip, folks. Amen? Amen. Amen. Greatest trip ever. We're going to go spend eternity with God Almighty. And, and, and we ought to be inviting people. So listen, we're ambassadors. So when we talk about Israel and promoting that, I become kind of an ambassador for Israel. I want you to go and see the country. And, 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 but we ought to be that way with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be saved. Go with us. We are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? What's an ambassador? Help me. A representative. So, so an ambassador, a U.S. ambassador to say, to, to say Cuba, they go in, in the stead of the United States. So that U.S. ambassador is representing the United States. We represent Christ. We are a child of God. 
And so we are ambassadors and we should be, be imploring people on Christ's behalf. Come, be reconciled to God. Trust the Lord. Receive what he's offered. We should be doing that. Go with us. That's the plea. I'm going. Come go. The Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Again, come go with us. We should be pleading for people. And uh, Acts 1.8 tells us, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that is, what, that's, that is our purpose in this life. We are to, to live our lives for the Lord our God. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And don't tell me you love your neighbor if you've never shared the gospel. We can't say we love our neighbor, we love, oh, I love my family, but we'll never share the gospel with them and invite them to come on the trip with us. That's what the Lord's told us to do. Live a holy life and go invite others to go. Tell them, share the good news with them. Number three, there's work to do before I leave. Anybody Amen that. You know, before you take a trip, you got things you got to do. So number one here is we, we, we're going to clean the house. You know, it's funny. I always, this, this would be Gina. So we're going to be gone for two weeks. But Gina's going to clean every bit of the house. Everything's going to be organized. All the clothes are washed. All the dishes clean and put up. Nothing's going to be out of place. I'm like, well, why don't you do That should be that way when we're here, not when we're gone. For two weeks, but you want to clean the house, okay? Now I'm not saying she doesn't. Don't read that wrong. That's not. Hey, hey, go easy. Give me a little grace. That's not what I meant. Hear what I meant, not what I just said. Wish I hadn't stepped in that. <laughs> Listen, when you talk as much as I do, you sooner or later you're going to say something dumb, right? So there we go. Uh, I'm a man. At best, I'm a man. At very best, I'm just a man, right? So no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> all right, but all right, let's get back to this. So, so when we're talking about cleaning out the house, you know what? I got to clean out my heart. We're going to prepare for this trip, so I clean my heart. I want to, I want to, I want, I want the, I want the house here clean. So, so Psalm one thirty nine verse twenty three says, "Search me, O God." This is a great prayer to pray, to 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 pray. This this right here is a great prayer to lift up and say because you want God to answer a prayer, He'll answer this prayer. Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. You you say, Lord, search me. Know my heart. What's going on? Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Man, it's a great prayer. Search me, God. Know me. Try me. Know my anxieties. Know my fears. Know my struggles. And see if there's any wicked way in me, Lord. If there is, lead me in the way everlasting. Great prayer. Clean my heart up. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart. I pray this. This is a prayer I pray all the time. As our hearts get cluttered up, and I, I pray, Lord, 
Create in me a clean heart. You know, it's been cluttered up this week. It's, it, it, I, and I've told you all the story of, of, of being transformed. You know, what does that mean? How does that work? You know, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. But I have the picture of the beach. You go out on a beach on a, on a, in the evening, uh, and, and it's cluttered up. People have built sandcastles. They've driven on it. But you let it go through the night, and the waves come in, wave after wave, and the tide comes in, and then the tide goes out, and it leaves it pristine. And that's my prayers, God. Clean my heart. Search my heart. Show me what's wrong. Lead me in the right way. Clean me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's that prayers that God answers. Clean this house up, Lord. Um, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, it doesn't say just to lay aside the sin there. It says lay aside Every weight. You know, there are some things that may not be sin in our life, but they're weights that keep us from, from doing or being what God wants us to be and do. Amen? So he says, lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He sat down, as we learned Sunday, he sat down because the work was done. It was finished. It was finished, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Second thing I would do, I'm getting ready for a trip. As Gina cleans the house, I'm going to go out and cut the grass. Right? So I'm going to cut the grass. So, you know, if you're going to be gone, you want, the, you want the grass cut because if the grass needs to be cut before you leave, you're going to need a bush hog when you get back. So you want to cut it right before you leave. And again, here the grass is going to be all cut and nice to look good while you're gone. You're going to come back and it's going to need it again. But uh, So it'll be clean. Gina won't have to clean the house, but I'll have to go out and cut the grass again. So we're, we're, we're going to, um, and, and this would relate to this, is giving not even the appearance of sin in our life. So I don't want anybody to just look at my house while I'm on vacation for a week and a half and go, man, look at that yard. They must be gone. There's nobody there. So I don't want to even give the appearance that I'm not there. And, and the idea is here is I don't want to give the appearance of sin in my life. You know, it's really my testimony. That's my, you know, yeah, that's my, my testimony that of what people see in me and what they see in my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, in the King James Version, it reads, read, reads this way, abstain from all appearance of evil. I like that translation because I, I don't even want to give the appearance of evil. So I, 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 I want to avoid anything. I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a friend when I was working at UPS and um, he was, we had the same birthday. He was 15 years older than me. He was my boss, but we got to be really good friends while, while there. He, he was lost as a ball in high grass. And a dear friend, and I still pray for him today. I try, try to stay in touch with him. And, and he's told me several times, you ain't going to change my mind, and I ain't going to change yours. But I've told him, I ain't going to quit praying for you, and I ain't going to quit trying because he needs the Lord. But, but here's what, what I did is I would go down. When he, he retired from UPS, this was early in Gene and I, uh, in our marriage, and he opened a bar in downtown Athens, Georgia. And so I would go down there. I would sit at the bar, drink a Coke, and I would talk to him and witness to him. Well, I went into ministry, and I, I, and I got on a church staff, and I realized, ah, that's not very wise. I can't do that. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't getting drunk, 
acting a fool, chasing skirts, none of that. None of that. I was trying to win my friend to the Lord. But what I realized is all it would take would be for me to walk out of that, that bar and somebody that knows who I am and I, I, I profess to be a Christian and that could hurt my testimony. So I didn't want to give even the appearance of evil. And so I cut that out. Did I have the freedom to do that? Yeah, I think probably did. But, but it was something I, I needed to do for my testimony's sake. And there were other ways that I can witness to my friend. I don't have to sit at the bar while he's trying to work and pour liquor drinks and stuff. There are other ways to witness to him. And so I had to find those. Um, I think the New King James says just abstain from every form of evil. So regardless, so we want to abstain from that. We want, to, we want to keep things clean. We don't want that to be seen in our life. We don't want our testimony. We want our testimony to be right. Because that, I'm telling you, it can hurt your testimony can hurt your opportunity to witness to somebody. You know, if, you, if your testimony is poor and people go, man, I know how you are. I know how you talk. I know what you do. I know, I know, all, I know the jokes you tell. I, if that's being a Christian, I don't need no part of it. That's why I'm like that now. Right? Okay. So we cut the grass. Third thing we do is we serve others. Uh, there, there's the work to do. We're going to serve others. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to be, uh, become great among you, let him be your servant. You know, in, in the kingdom of God, it's servanthood that is greatness. It's the humility. It's serving others that's great. It, it's, you want to you be great in the kingdom of God? Then you be a servant. And whosoever des desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So the Lord didn't tell us to do something that he himself didn't do. He served. He came to serve. He didn't come to be waited on. He didn't come as a king. He come very humbly in a humble place, in a, in a, in a humble village, in a humble stall, in, in, in a humble country, in a humble part of the world. And he, and he didn't have to come that way. But he came and he served. He was not served. And he gave his life a ransom for many. And we should model that. We should serve others. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's our testimony. It's the way we serve others. We love others. The way we live out. We live out our faith. Okay? Uh, number four. We, we cut ties. All right? So, you know, if I'm going on a... A one-week trip may not be as, as big as going... I think about the military when I think of this. I think about these men that, and women today that go off and they're gone three months, six months, a year at a time. Well, you can't be worried about a phone bill or a power bill or, or insurance and all these things back home. Um, You've you got to cut ties with those things. And they've they got to take care of Let somebody else deal with that. Somebody else take care of that. I, I don't have time for that. So we, they cut ties. And for us as believers... You know, we got to cut ties with this world. And, and I think it even ties in with what we were talking about earlier with the things that we focus on in life. It's a love for this world. It's the only life we know, right? So we, we walk by faith still, not by sight. We've never seen heaven. We don't, we, we don't, we, this is the life we know. That's why it's important to be in the book because the instructions are there for how to live our lives. We need to learn that and apply that so that we're not living and loving this world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We, 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 we've, we have to check this love for the world and the love that we have for the things of this world. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlists him as a soldier. You know, the, the idea is there with the military, when they go off, they're serving our country. They're not tied up with all the things the day-to-day back here. And that really ought to be us. We ought to be serving our master. We ought to be serving our Savior. We ought to be focused on Him. So much so that, man, we don't get entangled with the things of this world. Amen? All right, we got a pack. So we're going to do this trip. We got a pack for the trip. Back in... Back in 2006, I took a trip to Tajikistan. This would have been my third trip over there. Um, and, you know, you think you're going to take a trip to Tajikistan. There's a lot of things you need to take. So, but I ended up only taking a bag that was, it was one of the middle-sized bags. It wasn't a big suitcase. It wasn't a, a little old bitty carry-on, but it was like a middle size. It was big enough that I didn't really want to lug it around, so I actually checked it. So I'm checking for a week. There were some key things I put in there. I had, I had my first aid kit. Um, I had that well stocked. You know what your first aid kit is, don't you? Toilet paper. Always pack your toilet paper when you go into that part of the country. We had cell phones. There was things that, you know, you pack things you, you, that you're going to need for the trip. But I've learned not to overpack. But, you know, a lot of times you're going on a trip. Have you ever overpacked? How many of you go on a trip and you get back and you go, I wore three things. Why did I take 15? I wore three things the whole week. And uh, we always end up still taking as much as I minimalize those things. I still think I take too much. Um, but I took this one small bag and I check it. And, and um, I, if I, it seems like a flight got messed up or somewhere in transit. Well, the bag didn't arrive. Well, the two flights, that the flight that comes into Tajikistan, it comes in. They turn it around and it goes out once a week. So here's what happened. So my bag didn't make it. They didn't get my bag to me. So I'm getting ready to leave and I'm like, all right. So I'm filling out all the paperwork and uh, I did end up getting it about three months later. They stole my, they, they left the toilet paper, but they took my cell phones and all that other stuff. But I'm surprised they even got it back, that I even got the bag back. But what happened was I'm waiting on my bag. I've been there a week and my bag comes in on the airplane they unload it, but they don't get it. They can't. They don't get it to me. So it comes in. It never gets picked up. I'm loaded up on the plane and sent out, and it sat there for about three months. And so I'm there a whole week. But you know what I learned from that? I went into Tajikistan, halfway around the world, with what I had on me, and it was just fine. Everything I needed was there. Everything I needed was there. I didn't really need to take anything. Everything I needed was there. Um, Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, Should we prepare for retirement? Yes. Should we prepare for the future? Yes. Scripture is very clear on that. 
Scripture is very clear. But we're not to love those things. And we're not to be so caught up. We don't, I don't know. I, I may, number one, I don't know that I'm going to see Social Security. Okay? So I, I, ain't, too, I ain't too excited about the government taking care of me. I, I, I'm not ever going to trust the government to take care of me. Um, but I'm not, I'm not extremely confident that I'm going to be here otherwise. Uh, I, I, I may not live, I may not be here at retirement age. You know what I'm talking about? That's my hope. That's my hope is that we're, go, we're not going to be here. But we may. We need to prepare. But I'm not storing up treasure here. The whole idea is if I'm going to live to be 90, I need a little money to live, live with me till 90. Amen? That's the idea. I don't know what I'm going to do, folks. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm eating beanie weenies, a lot of them. Um, but don't lay up treasure for, 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 for yourself here. Store up treasure in heaven because that's where we're going to be. So it's this idea of, you know, let's say if I could have money in America or if I'm going to Tajikistan, where would I want that, that money to be? I want it over there. And all this stuff over here, and I'm in Tajikistan. It's going to be back here. All this stuff that we work for and we love that's, that's here will mean absolutely nothing once we leave this life. It'll mean nothing. Someone else might enjoy it, spend it. They'll be grateful you left it. Boy, I'm so grateful we worked so hard all those years so I could drive this nice new Lamborghini. They won't buy a Lamborghini on mine, but some, uh, somebody out there. All right, so be careful where you're storing your, your treasure. All right, number six, this is the last thing here, is watch and pray. Watch and pray. So um, when we're watching, I already kind of talked about this, you know, it, it's, it's active. When we watch, that watch, Scripture speaking of here, is, it's active. We're looking. We're, we're, we're not just, we are looking. You know. Think about the, 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 the prodigal son's father. If you read that story, you know, he wasn't mourning in his, in his den. He was watching. Because as soon as his son, he could, as soon as he could see him, he was racing out to him. I mean, he was looking. He knew at some point, he just had faith. At some point, he's coming home. He's coming home. And he was looking. He was watching for him. So there was that anticipation. And then when he saw him, he wasn't surprised. Look, you aren't surprised when expected guests show up, right? Now, my dad was notorious. I'd say, Dad, please let me know when you're coming. Please let me know. My dad did not know how to use a phone unless he was calling me on his birthday. That was the only time my dad would call me. That was our relationship. Uh, my birthday would be a week later. I wouldn't hear from him, but he would call me on his birthday. But my dad would just show up at my house. I wouldn't even know he was in Georgia coming up from Florida. And, and I'd get a knock at the door, and there's my dad, and I'm like, I could plan a little bit if you'd let me know. So, you know, you're not surprised when you have guests that you're expecting. Well, the Lord hadn't left that a secret. He, he hasn't told us the day or the time, but he has said, I'm coming back. We, we, we should not be caught off guard with this, okay? So we want to watch and pray. Um, some great verses here that tell us this. Luke 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves. Take heed, lest your hearts be weighed down with uh, carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Mark 13, verse 33 
Take heed, watch and pray. Watch, actively, watching, looking, okay? Paying attention to the things of God. And we're praying for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to, to each his work and, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not, do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the, crow, the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. There's an exhortation there. It, it's, it's about not getting careless, not getting lazy. If we're watching and we're expecting his return and we don't know he could come any time, it'll motivate us to live a holy life. It, 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 we, we don't want to be caught up in sin. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you do not need, to, uh, you do not need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But look at what verse 4 says. But you, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So the day's coming like a thief in the night. But it's not going to overtake you, brethren, because you're not in darkness. It's not going to overtake you like, like a thief. You're not going to be caught off guard because while you don't know when it's coming, when I'm coming, but it's not going to overtake you like a thief because you're going to be looking. You're going to be watching if we do what he would tell us to do. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let, all, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Amen? Amen. Um, so, the questions. Are you prepared? Do, do you have your ticket? That's the question. You have your ticket. Have, have, have you, have you, are you prepared? If the Lord comes today or you get killed in a car wreck tonight on the way home, are you prepared? Are you going to spend eternity in heaven with him or do you not know? Are you inviting others to go with you? Are you taking care of the work that needs to be done, before, uh, done here before you go? Have you cut ties with this world? Are you storing up your treasure in heaven? And are you watching and praying? So those are the things that we... We need to do. There's a lot for us to do while we wait. It's not just a time to sit on our hands. There's a lot to do. All right, so let me tell you where we're going to go. Um, I, I've been trying to seek out how to go about this. And like I said, I'm not going to get in a big hurry. I think we've got, there is more material that we can teach. We could go for the next, uh, how long, did, did anybody in here go through Pastor um, not per minute, uh, from the from the the, the uh, Oak Oak Grove, Oak Grove, Pastor Cotton. Did anybody go and hear him? Pastor Cotton was teaching through Revelation. 
And I think it went for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, that went for a long, long time. And he was just verse by verse going through it. So there's a, there's a whole lot of material. There's a lot for us to do. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm considering working through David Jeremiah's book, um, the, the Signs of the Times or something, and just take the, the, the points there and kind of use that as a guide and work. I'm going to use other resources. That's going to kind of be a launching point. And so like next week, we're going to look at Israel. And, and so let me ask you, how many of you really, you'd say, I really know the history of Israel. I really understand all the history of Israel. I think you do. You probably. I think do. Okay. The, some of you may. But there, there's some history there on how, how Israel came to be. Some things that happened, you know, when Israel was, so there's some history. So next week, we're going to look at the nation of Israel. And we're going to look at the history of Israel. So if you, if you want to understand why it's such a miraculous thing that on May 14th of 1948, it becomes a state. Israel becomes a state. And you want to know some of the, how, that, how miraculous that is? In one day. And we're going to look at that, the history of Israel, from, from where the Jews came from to, to the nation of Israel to that point and then even to today. We're going to look at that. That's where we're going to start. We'll start with that right there with the nation of Israel. Because, again, if you're going to understand the, the significance of what happened on that day and, and that being when we talk about it being a sign, I'm already, I need to be done. What we've talked about that, I've shared with you all that prophecy about you, I've read it, I've seen it about, you know, the, the parable of the fig tree. I, I'm just telling you, I'm more convinced now. If you can find something that will prove to me that's prophetic, please share it with me because I want to learn. But I haven't been able to find anything. I've talked to other, other people that are much more versed in prophecy, and I don't see it. I don't see that being a prophecy right there of Israel. I think it's, it's just what the Lord said. He just gave a list of all these signs. He says, you, you understand the parable of the fig tree and these other trees. When they are budding, you know that spring is here and summer's about to be here. You, you understand the seasons based on that. When you see these signs, know that the end is near. That's what, he, that's what he's saying right there. And so I read one guy and I went, all right, now I don't trust anything you say because he said Israel is always referred to as either the olive by the olive tree or the fig tree. And I'm going, no, no that's not. So, so look. Well, see, I'm getting into next week already. All right. So here's the thing with Israel, though. It's not, it's not the, 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 is it a sign of the times? Absolutely. Because when you understand the scriptures and you understand what's going on, if Israel is not a nation... We cannot be in the end times. It's that simple. It may be the key cog. Israel being a nation is the key sign. It is the, the sign that says, we, 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 that can't be. We cannot be in the end times if it's not a nation. Well, here in 48 became... It's the time of Jacob's trouble. Time seven of... Seven years. It's, it's not about the church. No. We're the bride. We're gone. Judgment is coming, and the Lord is not going to bring judgment on us. He's taking us out of here. So, all right, that's where we're going next week. We need an interpreter. Uh, excuse me. 
We need an interpreter. Is there someone to interpret? If we're going to have tongues in here, we've got to have an interpreter. Does somebody here have a white Jetta? No white Jetta? Not over here. Lights on? Lights were on? <laughs> okay. All right. Any questions, comments? I'm already two minutes over. Thank you for your patience with me. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Lord, I, I, the more I'm studying this, the more excited I'm getting about studying it and teaching it. And, and uh, Lord, I just pray you'll lead us and guide us. And may we not be caught up as we were looking at Sunday as, of, of being just those that are peering off into space, just being these that are standing there staring. We're just stargazers. We don't want to be that, Lord. That Your word tells us to watch and to pray. So we are to actively be watching and we shouldn't just be grazers on your word that all we do is read and read and study and study and get all deep and we look for all these things and we never apply it. Lord, help us to be busy in this time. The day is short. The day is short. The time's coming where night comes and, and no man works. We can work right now. And there is work to be done in this church, in this community, in this nation, all around the world. There are multitudes and, and, and billions who've never even heard the name of Jesus, Lord. May we not rest. May we not rest until, uh, Lord, we, you take us out of here through death or through the rapture. And, uh, Lord, may we do what you put us here and called us to do. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And, Lord, I pray for your blessing over these folks the rest of this week. Watch over and keep us safe. Be with all those that are sick and struggling right now. Would you touch and bring healing? And, uh, Lord, we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Have a great, great rest of the week.